AFI Backstage Stories Yes, sir. The beard is back off. It's in a trash can in my bathroom, and the mustache is back, taking control of my face, massaging your eyeballs for the pleasure of the sight. <laughs> massaging your eyeballs? Ooh. Hey, Jordan. You like that? I like that, yeah. Hey, hey, Mr. Bat. What you been up to, buddy? It's been a long week, huh? It's been a long week. Um, busy week for me, because... I don't think I have told you yet, but today is my last day um, being responsible for all the M94.5 podcasts. Really? Today is the last day that you're so, the guy doing that? Yes. It, it, Are we? <laughs> it, 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 does, it does not affect, uh, affect our project. So we're not <laughs> no canceled worries. after this. Um, no, this is, not a, this is not a breakup call. <laughs> um, God. No, it's just that um, you know I'm doing this this thing voluntariat, this two year kind of traineeship thing. Mm-hmm. And before that, I had that position to be the guy in charge of all the the podcast projects, um, watching after them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and within the last few months, there has have been different conflicts regarding my schedule, regarding different projects, between that role and my new role. And so I finally, um, finally they have someone else to do it. So today is my last day and t- tomorrow someone else will overtake. Man, that, that, that's really, uh, that's a really big landmark, man. I mean, you did this position for a while and you, you did it really well. And the fact that you were in charge of it was the whole reason that we were able to even start the show. So uh, thank you for your amazing service to this great radio station and to your friend and to this show, Moritz. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. Always a pleasure. No, that's, but we'll keep just, um, we keep doing our thing. That's cool. Okay. They just, they're just not going to broadcast the show now, but we can keep recording them. <laughs> we can keep reco- <laughs> recording and then let's see what happens with those records. <laughs> Oh man, um, I don't know if you noticed this, but I'm a little bit dressed up because I just did live television uh, about an hour ago. What? Um, television? Yeah, it's like a streaming network and a television program in Hamburg called, I would say Tide. I thought it was Tide like a wave, but it's Tide. Um, and I think they should just start calling it Tide, okay. to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, like, Hamburg, it's, it's, next to the sea, etc. Makes total sense. Yeah, and it's, it's written in full caps, and it's kind of a catchy name, Tide Hamburg, Tide. But um, yeah, Tide is this uh, streaming channel that also has uh, radio and also has television. And um, they brought me on a couple of hours ago to do uh, a performance and an interview about the uh, the new album coming. Dude, that's great. That was cool. Everything I hear of you is, okay, I got an interview here. I got a, uh, they play my song there. I got another interview here. That's amazing, man. Oh, yeah. Right now I'm really happy with it. Um, They, man, it's so crazy. You know how on the last podcast I mentioned this guy, Sebastian Schafstein from Bayern 3, and I wanted Mm -hmm. to ask him about how they handled the, the rotation thing. And you forgot. I did. 
And <laughs> and the funny thing was, yesterday at like 5.30, uh, he comp- randomly called me and he said, hey, Jordan, I know we haven't spoken in a long time. Um, I mean, he, he and I are, are friends, but we're not super close. It, it had been maybe a year since we caught up. And he said, um, I'm over here at Bayandrai and... We uh, were about to start our Mensch Bayan program, at, you know, in a couple of hours, and uh, we're going to play your song. How about you give us a call, and uh, you know, we can do a little interview. And I, I was, I was like, oh my god, of course, absolutely, because it's such a big platform. And I don't even know if he knew about the other interview with this, uh, with this other host, uh, Brigitte, because it was the the differences were so funny. I mean. She had me on on this, I think the same program the week before, but it was, you know, she said it was going to be on around 740 and we spoke for like eight minutes. And then by the time our segment came on, mine and hers, it came on at like 815 and she boiled the interview down to one statement that she dubbed in German. So, you know, I had my mom listening, I had friends listening, I had people in Germany, the UK, everywhere listening. And then I was so, you know, I was so thankful that they did it, but I was a little embarrassed that they didn't get to hear the interview that I thought they were going to hear. And then all of a sudden, Sebastian calls and he's like, hey, let's just do it again. And so I asked, hey, man, um, do you know if it's exactly going to play around 740? And he said, oh, yeah, for sure. I'm here in the booth now. I'll just do it now. And I said, oh, okay, cool. And I said, is the interview going to be dubbed? Because I would really like my mom to hear it. <laughs> and he said, oh, no, of course not. No, we're going to leave your answers in English and then I'm going to translate you after. I'm going to ask in German and then translate in German after you speak. And I was like, that's a great that's a great way of doing it. That's a great method, I think. Dude, and um, it's a great gesture anyway, I guess, because what normally happens when you have artists and or whoever for, for interviews at a, at a radio station is exactly what you described with the first host just picking one phrase one right. statement whatever maybe if it's a, it's a if it's a foreign language like you mentioned dubbing it etc cetera, etc cetera. and it's basically right. on big radio stations super uncommon that they play full interviews longer than let's say a minute and 30 or 2 minutes mm-hmm. and not even dubbing it so that's super cool for you yeah that's really uncommon right i mean i i you know after that after that first interview my first thought was like um Okay, you know, I I definitely cannot and should not take that personally. It's it's the big league. It's a major station. They have really tight schedules. That's what they do. And like everyone told me um, to not to not think about it. I was like, all right, cool. It's just just uh, how it is. And it's so cool that this how it is. Yeah, it's just so cool that uh, they kind of bent the rules a little bit. And you know, I, the questions were. Uh, you know, interesting, and uh, it was really relaxed with him. Sometimes when I talk to a new um, host that I don't know, I don't know what kind of questions they're going to be, um, then I can be really nervous. But it was really relaxed with him, and it, it was like a four-minute conversation, like four minutes of airtime plus the song. So it was. I'm if Sebastian's listening, um, I thanked you a lot yesterday, but I'll thank you again. It's uh, really, really nice, and I really appreciate that. So if you do, if you're listening to this and you haven't heard the interview. Uh, Sebastian was so kind as to immediately send me a recording, which is not also not so common. Usually it takes weeks to get these big stations to send you the interviews. Yeah. Um, but I have it on my website. We'll put the link in the description, jordanprincetunes.com. It's on the front page. You just have to press play 
and uh, he's going to ask things in German, translate my answers after me in German, but my answers are in English if you want to listen to it. So uh, you can also go to the link on my uh, Instagram account. But yeah, man, that's it's been a pretty cool uh, few days for music, I have to say. I'm really, it's you on could, a roll with the radio. You could have done some some artsy-fartsy name dropping on that interview, though. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's the, he, he had to cut one answer for time. And that's where I mentioned, I had mentioned Tim and Cosma, like people who, who uh, were going to, you know, and I, I think I mentioned you guys too for being in the, the band. We were going to do a tour and stuff after the record drops, but he just kept it to uh, three of the four questions. Easy, but easy. I, but, but, but listen, but listen, today on Tide, on Tide, um, we did talk about the podcast and he uh, gave it a really, it was a really cool promo actually. So I did it from here, from home, and we did uh, a live stream. He called me a bit earlier. We did a sound check and um, we tested all the sound and stuff for the session. And then I watched it on my phone and then I saw when he played my music video that I was up next. So I just cut everything off and, and he called me on Skype, um, asked a few really cool questions um, I played two of the songs and then we talked a bit more and then he asked for one more song and in that gap before the last song um, he, he asked me something about the setup I have here with the interface and if I'm used to doing this uh, and I said yeah well actually I, I, I use this setup every week because I have a podcast with my bass player and he said oh what's the podcast called and I, and I laughed a little bit and I was like well it's called Artsy Fartsy Immigrants, and it's about, <laughs> you know, interviewing. Uh, I said, we haven't done it in a while because of Corona, but it's, you know, interviewing people who live in different countries and try and work in a creative field. And he felt, he was like, oh, oh, well, that sounds really interesting. Kind of a funny name. He's like, you know, you're kind of an Artsy Fartsy Immigrant, are you not? And you're like, yeah, and that's the whole idea. I was like, I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, uh, and then at the end, uh, after the last song, we were saying the thank yous and the goodbyes. And he asked again on the, on the live feed, um, what's the name of that podcast? He said he was going to check it out. He says it sounds like a cool idea. So uh, we got a big shout out today on, uh, on live stream from Hamburg, nice. which is cool. You know what I, what I find pretty amusing every time I hear those kind of stories, um, like we talked about, and more the 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 buy and iPad Sebastian regarding Sebastian Schaffstein, and then then and that it's super uncommon what he did. That no matter how big a company or an institution might be or whatever, if you have a good connection to one guy, at one point anything is possible. Right. That's so funny. No matter no matter what it is, could be anything. If you if you know this one guy, this one girl, whoever, <laughs> um, and you and you and you link up and you have a good connection, somehow every everything is possible. That's a s super funny. Yeah, we we ha we had had our our conversation about um, realizations growing up and um, adultness, mm -hmm. and that's one of the 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 biggest i guess oh dude absolutely i think i i started noticing that that was something that actually happens when i started going trying to get into concerts i didn't have tickets to that would, i would know someone who ran the bar or someone who worked uh as a crew member or someone who was a bouncer or something or i happened to know some guy who was like filming the concert that evening and then Before you knew it, I was already uh, inside the venue. And I was like, oh, this is what they talk about when they talk about knowing people. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's funny, it's only made more and more sense, you know? It's only made more and more sense as you as you get older, you know, like you said. For I mean, if if I hadn't known Sebastian, then I wouldn't have, yeah, I wouldn't have had the chance for um, a, a, not only a second interview, but like a, a longer and, and more, uh, an interview with more room to breathe, with more explanation and stuff, which is so rewarding for a, for a small musician. So, um, yeah, it's really all about people that you know. It's really cool. It's really cool. And, um, yeah, I'm really thankful about that. What was you, What would you say was like your first experience where you, didn't get something or you couldn't get something a certain way, but you knew somebody who like let you in or gave you a tip or something. Pooh. I guess in, in, in situations like you just talked about like, about, I don't know, concerts, sports events or whatever. Um, pretty early. I once, um, went to a, went to a soccer game and, um, I had a ticket, but the, for the completely wrong, um, what do you call it, stand within the stadium. Oh, yeah. And a friend of mine knew the right guy. And two minutes later, I had perfect tickets. Um, but it is a, a thing I I experience over and over again um, because of the business I work in. Because you're like... You're a young guy like me and starting your own things. I don't know. It could be those podcast projects, some hosting some events or, or whatever. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay. And you see those, those big companies and those big media outlets. And you think like, okay, it's so unrealistic to get there and to, to work for, for, for those people and to, to get in this, this bubble or whatever. Right. And then. <laughs> You, um, a friend of yours hits you up and says, Hey, we need, we need a guy for this job at, I don't know, Posibum, Bear, whatever. Yeah. Next weekend, um, just, just call this guy and you're like, okay. And I haven't, I, should I send a CV or something or what is happening? Or he's like, no, no, just, just give him a call, show them one of the, the things you did. Right. Um, within the last time and you're fine. Go there. This is the, this is, this is your, um, <sighs> this is the budget, et cetera. Suck. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Sometimes it happens so fast. And like, if you have, a, if you have the right connection, like the right person, they, they do all the hard work for you. And for them, it's not hard work for them. It's just like, Hey, I got this buddy. It's uh, you know, he's got a good track. Um, it's popping right now. We should just put him on and do a little interview. And probably the other person's just like, yeah, sounds good. We should, you know, we got to fill some time. Let's do it. No. And it just works so easily. But if you're doing it by yourself and you don't know anybody, then you're like, Oh man, you know, are they, are they, do they want to accept like a physical copy? Do I have to mail something or do I have to write emails to some spam box and they'll never get them and you're just hoping or like, it's, uh, yeah, it's really crazy. It's really crazy. But I mean, it's really funny too. Like I would have to say from the last five years, um, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't usually think about this, but a few weeks ago I had this thought where I realized how many musicians I know in Munich just by having played like this open mic or playing this support show or playing, you know, this festival or something. And I, um, and then I thought from there, I was like, Oh, I, I do know a lot of musicians, huh? And then I thought, um, how many different organizations, like people within certain organizations in Munich, I know because of the musicians. And then I was like, Oh, well actually I, okay. I know the person who runs that website and like that, that concert series or like, Oh, I know a person who actually, you know, works there. 
and then it even spread even more in my head. And I was like, it was, you know, it was just a total shower thoughts moment where I was like, oh, and well, actually I know the, the photographer for that thing. I know the manager from that band. I know the blah, blah, blah from the blah, blah, blah. And then I realized more and more, I was like, sometimes I really feel um, almost, almost uh, absent from a kind of community living here. Just occasionally I have a thought where I'm like, oh man, I, you know, I just, I just have a few friends. I don't really think too much about um, Munich as like a home. And then sometimes I have these thoughts where I realize how many people that I got lucky enough to meet within these first few months that spread. I mean, Sebastian Schaffstein, we talked about, I met him in my first like three months by chance. Um, and Sasha Sienman, who's also another, uh, uh, radio host and these little things, you know, like then that led to me knowing these guys kind of from house concerte and, and, and then that led to doing concerts for them. And then that led me to meeting Henny and that led me to having like a band that was able to play the pool session and then from pools and it just spread and spread and spread. And I was like, um, yeah, the other day I just got, I, I really like tried to calculate how many, you know, organizations, communities, and people and musicians that I just happen to have met through people or through parties and stuff um, that I've either needed something from or they've needed something from me or it's just been a nice collaborative friendship in a way. And it really struck me. I was like, man, um, I've been really lucky uh, in terms of, you know, sometimes I think I didn't get very far with stuff, but actually just in terms of meeting people and spreading my my feelers out. I got pretty lucky in the last few years, I think. Yeah, and that's something super important. It's something you could always get back to. You came yeah. to Munich in 2014 or 15. 15, yeah. And met Sebastian Schaffstein. Now it's five years later and it brought you the chance. <laughs> the story we started, this this binder, I think. Yeah, exactly. Then it brought um, back to... Yeah, back to Bayandrai. It's a really full circle, a full circle thing that's pretty cool. I, you know, I, at first I got nervous too in this, um, just to touch back on this uh, Tide guy. Uh, so I, I misread something in the email and when he called, so I knew that he, I knew that we would talk at first on, on Skype, but I thought in my head it was actually just a radio interview that would be live but instinctively, I still was like, well, I'm going to meet him for the first time on Skype on the video. So I put on this nice shirt and I'll make some nice lighting. And, and I was like, well, you know, just, just to make a good first impression, you know. And then we spoke for a bit and um, we were talking about the sound and I tested the, the vocals. He's like, all right, so everything sounds really clean, really cool. And then he said, um, um, he said, do you want to do you want to go ahead and try the guitar? And it was this like beautiful, long moment where I, 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 I waited so long, I thought he might think my computer froze because I just smiled. <laughs> and I went, a guitar. Oh, guitar. Oh, okay. We're going to do a session. Okay. Right, 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 right. right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and he's like, they, they didn't tell you. Did you not get an email? I thought we talked about it. I was like, yeah, of course. Uh, I, just, I just misunderstood something. Just give me a second. So then my first, my first impression was immediately... Uh, uh, full of apologies and like scrambling around and I was just wearing shorts and, and then I was like oh man now it looks like I'm wearing boxers under the camera and stuff and then um, we set everything up but a weird thing was I don't know if you if you know why okay so for example um, when I do live streaming through Skype or through Zoom or if I were to do it through here uh, for the podcast um, I would do my acoustic uh, direct line into the interface um, 
and then I would put the mic in the other channel and then I would have uh, both channels going into one on my, on my, you know, if it's GarageBand or Logic or whatever. And I can change the volume of the gain manually. And then usually the sound is pretty good. I did two or three shows like this and the test was totally fine. Um, but I did it with him today and it just refused to work properly. And I didn't understand why. My, my ba- battery in the guitar was good. The cable was good. I could see that the guitar was coming through on the feed. I could see that the channel was working and I could see it on the computer and I could hear it in my headphones. And he just, he just, he just couldn't get the, the feed in the way that I was hearing it for some reason. He said that the, the vocals were like a few dBs above zero, which just means for in normal speak, it just means like it's a normal healthy volume. And the guitar was like minus 30, which is really, really, really quiet. And for me, I was almost distorting it. It was so loud. And I don't know why we couldn't get it. So at the end, actually, I had to unplug everything and just use my vocal mic at a distance and play really acoustic and like play both into a microphone, which he he had, he could mix it a little bit live from his studio, just taking out some, some EQ and stuff. But, um, but did you do it over Skype? Yeah, we did it over Skype, but it's worked before with doing two channels. Did you, did you, did you check the, the audio setting for Skype? Because I had the same problem as recording here. When Skype Skype has this button to automatically um, adjust the volume, take care of the levels. Right. Yeah, yeah. I thought that too. I thought that too. I saw that, um, and I clicked it, and then I, we tried again. And I I messed with this. I have this um, the Focusrite interface, the red one that everybody has, and um, I don't know why. I did some I did some concerts, never had issues, and then today it just didn't work. And eventually, we just came to the conclusion that probably. It was um, just something on his end with uh, maybe the fact that it goes through a live, a live stream. Maybe it goes through like a YouTube uh, company or something. I don't know. I couldn't. We couldn't get it, but eventually it, it worked out. We just did it kind of raw, but maybe it works good that way. That's cool. But one thing I want, I want, to, I want to get back to because um, we have it in our opener the the backstage stories and one thing because you mentioned misunderstandings in this email and i wanted to talk to you about the whole idea of misunderstandings and to what kind of situations it has led you during your your musical career in germany because i remember some parts and um this is no front but funny situations like having um, misunderstandings and issues with i remember us um driving to Gelsenkirchen last year um, for a concert <laughs> and there was a mis- misunderstanding the first hand because you totally underestimated the the sheer distance from Munich to, to Gelsenkirchen. So is that a thing? Misunderstandings in emails, in phone calls, in gig organi- organization, etc. That is still a big thing for you as an artsy fartsy musician in Germany? Um... I mean, if there's if there's mistakes on my part about, um, I don't want to blame you for that distance. No, no, no. I mean, no, no, no. I'm not taking any blame. It's literally just like the, the fact of it. So if if something's on if something's on email, like today's session being interview and song, I, I looked back and it is there. I just missed it. 
So if it's, if it's, and it was in English because my label writes to me in English. So that is just like a classic JP mistake. I just, I just read it too fast. I got excited. I said, interview, I'm going to do it. Cool. Um, and that was just, uh, just you my son of a bitch. Count me in. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> um, and I just, I just missed it. Um, but sometimes, sometimes the language thing, of course, causes some miscommunications. Um, and sometimes there's, a th- I think besides language, the biggest thing that causes miscommunications is, um, the middleman. Um, for example, I don't, was this, um, Gelsenkirchen concert the same one, um, where we played in, in the, it was kind of an open stage, but in, in kind of a big open barn and that girl opened up for us. Um, it was you, me and Mark and it was a long haul kind of like a Halle and we had, a, we ate dinner outside with that, with the girl. No, no, that, no, no, that was, uh, Bublingen. That was Bublingen. Oh, what was Gelsenkirchen? We, Gelsenkirchen was the thing where we played two shows and had to carry around all of oh, our gear. Oh, that was the double concert, right. On this little cart th- through, through, through town. Right. Oh man. I forgot about that. <laughs> Weird trip. <laughs> did we drive... Did we did we drive back that night or did we stay at a no. hotel? We stayed at a Don't hotel, you remember? right? We had this hotel and there was a misunderstanding right. regarding the whole um, staying overnight thing. And then we had this hotel which was super far away. And for all people from Germany, it they always tell you in Nordrhein-Westfalen, in, within the Ruhrpott, everything is so close to each other. But we have been at the end of the fucking world <laughs> in that hotel. Right. Yeah. The hotel was like 13 or 14. No, it was even further. Wasn't it like 20 or 30 kilometers away from the city? Yeah. In the middle of nowhere. It was something, something. Yeah. It was ridiculous. And I, Yeah. You're right. I remember them telling us, or I, I, at least I understood that the hotel was really close. Yeah. But I thought it was like two or three kilometers. <laughs> oh man. All right. I remember that room now. Yeah. We watched, uh, 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 Into the Wild came on the Emil Hirsch movie. Uh, about Christopher McCandless. I remember that was on the TV. Um, yeah, you and me stayed in one room and Mark stayed in his own room. Right, right. Um, with that one, yeah, I've, I just barely remember that concert. I remember I remember playing two stages and at that first stage after us was this like really big hippie band. Everyone was kind of like yeah, yeah. sunburned and barefoot with two, like homemade tubas and ropes and stuff. Um. And then we like hauled ass with this trolley over to the other stage, which was like a smaller one. And we played before like an Irish cover, Irish rock cover band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was super weird. Um, like cramming we everything didn't to fit in that. there. No, totally we not. We like shoved all our stuff into that back tent, and um, yeah. I mean, it was it was still fun though. I mean, I love I love playing live, but I I um. Yeah, the the miscommunication that I was thinking of was in um, Bublingen, um, and that was because of this middleman situation where uh, we had booked that concert, and then you know I was going through uh, finishing up the final concerts with my previous manager, and uh, things were really really sour, and he was um, holding back. Still, he never paid me for several concerts, but he was holding back concerts for me. And then I remember like going to the guy, the booker who was extremely friendly yeah, and asking if we could, if, you know, if he had already made a contract with Tony, if I could get my, 
uh, payment separated from the uh, booking fee. Tony's your ex-manager. Yeah, exactly. And um, and the guy was so he was like, oh, "I'm so sorry, man." And, you know, I he said he uh, he said he didn't like the other manager, but he had already made a contract with him. So Tony kind of beat me to it. And I, that was like something between a thousand and 1300 euros. I think that we just never got. So that whole concert came out of, and this guy earned for us driving there, playing a show and driving back the same night. What the fuck, man? Yeah. So such a long drive. And we, uh, paying for the gas. I, I couldn't give you guys anything for doing it. And I, I hate shows like that where uh, I felt I felt totally robbed and I almost just wanted to not do it. But then the guy was so nice and that was definitely a big miscommunication. I should have, um, what I should have done was called that guy immediately and told him what was going on as soon as there were issues with me and Tony and just said like, hey, I'd love if we could separate the booking fee from the gauge. But um, yeah, that was a big, a big drama. Um and the cool thing was actually for for my very last concert that was booked through Tony, um, I spoke to the guy and, told, and then I told him the situation. I was like, hey, your concert's really far away from me. It'll be a long journey and I'll have to stay over and it'll be a long journey back. I can't go up there if I can't get paid. And he was like, don't worry. I don't make contracts. I don't do that. I'll just pay you for what you get and I'll pay him for his fee. Keep it totally separate as it should be. <laughs> and, yeah. and I was like, all right, fantastic. Um, and that's basically, um, that was the last one, but yeah, with, with like with German in general, there's some miscommunications about, um, you know, if they tell me something quickly, of course I might not miss, I might miss some things and it's always good to have the band nearby when I'm trying to register things or get something set up with the, with the gear, because then it's just easier. But, um, Honestly, sometimes with like with the um, interview today, I just I just get excited and read something too fast and and misunderstand or or I don't expect it. I think a lot of times I'm I'm assuming what something will be like, and then I and then I I picture it so much that I don't I'm I don't like um, ensure exactly what's going on. I just think so much about what I think it is. <laughs> you know, does that make sense? <laughs> Um, yeah, but, but what about you? I mean, I mean, especially like, I guess it's not so hard. I guess you're not often dealing with so many miscommunications, uh, since you're living, uh, in the country of your mother tongue, but maybe, maybe with, uh, all the different things that you're organizing, mm. like with different podcasts. Yeah, there, there are, there are miscommunications every day. And I, um, I want <laughs> to get to a point. I'll get, I have another question for you in a minute. Um, because I don't want to talk to about too many miscommunications regarding the language on the language barrier. Oh, okay. But um, pure miscommunication, like just people people having different expectations for a, for a project, etc. That happens um, in my position basically every day. You got to regard that I am full time working at M ninety four point five, and I do many projects with people. Um, who work there like I used to do, just besides their their um their university or, or whatever. Yeah. So they ha they only have 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 spare time for for those projects, etc. And they're <laughs> like every time, and that it's uh, it, it starts with um with 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 a schedule, 
because basically I, I don't always work from nine to five, but I have my times during the day. And many of those people have to go to university through the day and want to do this at night. But that's the, that's the point where I want to finish work and um, enjoy one of your favorite German terms, a fireabend beer, maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and so that happens very often. That's basically um, also the reason why I deleted WhatsApp, because it mixed those um, those business topics with private chats so bad and people hit me up about 11 at night hey what about this project now and please answer me blah 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 and i'm sitting there like no (laughs) just not now and so those kind of i was curious about those kind of miscommunications happen like i said every day um but getting back to your your art what i'm interested in because in gelsenkirchen i felt like okay it's been a cool trip and it's been a cool all in all a cool setting there and exploring a new city even if it's not that beautiful, to be honest, but it's always cool to 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 get out, get in the car, have a trip with the boys, etc. Always. Um, but when we've been there, and you you mentioned the bands, this crazy hippie band, those cover bands, those um, Schlager bands, etc. I just felt like, okay, did they knew who they were about to book, basically you, for this show, and how did they think that this music would fit in, and does that happen to you often that you're going that you're playing festivals, shows where other artists are, etc., and you have a feeling like, okay, I have no fucking clue why I am here because every other musician is something is doing something completely different that doesn't even that cannot even match the the taste of music of the people that listen to my music. <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah, that's happened several 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 times i don't know if that was something that was due to uh tony's choice of booking if it was something to do with they were just looking for an act that had an acoustic guitar or an act that i don't know wasn't too expensive or too abrasive or something that they could just slide into a support slot i think tony booked a lot of strange concerts yeah he also booked a lot of really cool ones especially in like the 2017 2018 stretch was some great stuff um, but there was also just a lot of strange shows where I really felt like I didn't belong. Um, I haven't had that so much um, since March of last year. That was when we broke our, we, well, that's when we just agreed to stop working together. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't think of them off the top of my head. I'd have to look at a, at my previous uh, concert list, but there's definitely been, I mean, always when you go to some, when I'm, when I'm going to some smaller town and it's not on the way to a bigger city or it's not on the way to a festival and it's not primarily stopping there to do like a radio spot or to do like a promotional spot. And you know that it's, you're just going there to play there and it's probably just something like background or yeah, mostly background for these kinds of, you know, if it's like a smaller, if it's like a restaurant that has a, like a little stage in the back, or if it's a cafe or a bar with a stage, um, and you don't know the town and you don't know why they're really booking you. Those are times where I feel really, really out of place. And sometimes it really flips itself on its head and it's a fantastic concert. And sometimes it's, such a drag to get through. I'll give you two examples. 
One example where it was a real big success for us, um, it was, I think, 2018. Yeah, 2000. Yeah, either to the, either the end of 2017 or the end of 2018. Yeah, I remember it was cold. I think it was December. And I was with uh, Mark and my old bassist, Jake, and we we got played. We were booked at this kind of like, um, what, what would you call the type of restaurant that like Giesinger Garten is. It's, I mean, like it's a beer garden, but the inside, was just, is it like a Wirtshaus? I don't know Giesinger Garten to be honest, but I would guess Wirtshaus, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, like it's a beer garden, but the inside is very old, very Bavarian. Like everything's made of wood. Everything's, Bavarian food. It's Bavarian yeah, yeah. food. Yeah. Yeah. Um Wirtshaus, Exactly. Yeah. So we got booked at this at this at this Wirtshaus, which is just for those who don't know, it's just a very it's just extremely traditional for Bavaria. Um it's very nice. Um, but you don't really feel like an like an indie musician would play there. You kind of imagine that they would have like German folks music with like accordions yeah. and like Lederhosen and stuff. It's very traditional. Everything's made of wood. The food is really, really traditional. The upside is that the beer is usually really good. Um, <laughs> and if you're in Munich, go to Giesinger Garten, go to Giesinger Garten. It's really great. Um, but anyway, we got booked there and when we arrived, it felt so strange. Um, you walk in and it's a Wirtshaus and there's like a little stage on the other side of the wall and there's just a few wall plugins and there's not really a great view of anything. There's, you can see some posters of some other artists that have played there, but you can tell it just feels like a local place you know, maybe the owner's daughter is a singer and she does cover songs or something. It just didn't feel like a place that musicians like us are going to make any sort of nice impression. And, um, we loaded everything in, we did our sound check. We went upstairs to, they had like a little a backstage area, which was really cool. Um, it was a very open space. We got to eat dinner up there and lounge about a little while. And um, the lucky thing was that it was one of those special places that I've discovered since playing in Germany, which just happens to have a really great following for its musical nights. I don't know why. I think it's really great. I think it's really hard to make this happen in America, but um, certain places in Germany, even in these really small towns, sometimes have a really dedicated following to um, one location that, you know, every Thursday or every Friday or two Fridays out of a month, they have a special live act that the people definitely don't know, or maybe sometimes they do. And people go there just to see what the music will be. And they, you know, they, they dress up a little bit. They go, um, they go out with their partners and sometimes, you know, it's usually an older audience. And I've played a few places like that that just turned into a great concert. We went down for showtime. The place was totally full. Um, they gave the people some time to eat first. So we weren't, you know, just background for dinner, which is something I was really worried about. And um, yeah, they turned the tables a bit more and everyone just had drinks on the table. And then we, we introduced ourselves and started. And uh, immediately I felt like the audience was completely engaged. We played a long show they gave us two encores. We sold uh, some good merch. We sold a lot of uh, CDs and vinyls and we had, we signed autographs at the door and they tipped us extra on top of the gauge. Um, you know, we had a hotel that was really nice and I, I wish I could re remember the name of this place. I'll have to look it up, but um, that was one of those 
kind of misunderstandings that turned into a really lucky surprise. And the second example that was not good was, um, I, I won't mention the, I can tell you who it was uh, off mic, but I don't want to mention um, the company, but a company, a German company um, hired me to do a corporate event. And originally the event was going to be outside at this open air as part of like a, like a business event to celebrate their colleagues for, I don't know, X amount of years of their service or just to celebrate like some festival for the, for the company. And, you know, sometimes these, these kinds of things are a little boring, but they pay really well. And they just wanted me with, with an acoustic guitar. So simple setup, wasn't too far away. Uh, got there on time, uh, sound checked, um, the stage and everything. And then I went back to, I think I went back to the hotel first um, to, to rest for a while. And then when I came back, this storm had come into town changed the whole situation. So they had canceled the entire outside event and they had pushed everything into like this emergency conference room that was attached to one of the businesses that they were celebrating. And it was this big, blank, boring, beige hall with a bunch of, you know, gray padded chairs and, you know, cheap plastic wood fold out tables and, you know, plastic white sheets on top to put your drinks on and, you know, glaringly white fluorescent tubes on top. It's just like the worst circumstances for setting a mood, you know? And, um, I was already a bit bummed out by this, by this change. And it seemed like no one really knew where I was supposed to go. Like I, I couldn't, I was by myself and I was trying to figure out where the promoter was, but, Um, I was in a certain area where there was like some dialect and they just didn't get what was going on and I didn't get what was going on. And finally I ended up, um, where I was supposed to be and I was supposed to go on after this guy who was giving a presentation about mountain climbing. (laughs) He, he hiked some impressive mountain and he was supposed to end, let's say at like seven, but he went on to like seven 35 And so I was waiting forever and then I was so irritated. And by the time I started, then the sound equipment didn't work. Then they had to replace the mic. Then the sound was so bad that they didn't even have a monitor for me. And instead I could, they only had the sound from the very back end, the other side of the hall behind the people, these two big speakers. So there was a huge delay where I would strum the guitar and then like um, half a second later, I would hear it from the other side of the room. So I had, I had no way of hearing how I sound and whatever I did hear of myself had this delay. So it was, so it was like, like this, this, where, where I, I couldn't, couldn't do, do anything, anything. And I hated it. I hated it. I was so frustrated. I was, I just wanted to go. I had like a minimum amount of time. I, it was, I'm a little bit um, embarrassed of myself because I was a little unprofessional. I really just, I was pretty clearly frustrated and I just, um, you know, like most of the people left after this guy. So then I was playing for a half empty room in this big blank white hall with terrible sound. And I just, I just played song after song after song. I did, I think I had a minimum, they said something like 30 minutes or, you know, six or seven songs. And I just, I did seven songs back to back, zero talking, zero introduction, barely even saying like, thank you to the handful of people that were listening. And I just finished it and just unplugged my guitar and just 
I just packed up and was like, please just put on house music. I want to get out of here. I just wrapped everything up. I had to talk to a few people at the end and I had to like, you know, put on that smile and be like, yeah, it was great. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no worries. I understand the circumstances change. It's, it's, it's all right. Things happen. No, it was all good. I hope you had fun. I hope you liked it. Um, signed the bill for the, for the gauge. And then I just got the fuck out of there, man. It was just the worst situation. And I, I don't blame them because of the weather change, but, um, man, it was just this misunderstanding of like, maybe it's just better that we don't do this concert guys. You know, like I think I would have been happier if they said they, you know, they want to pay me, you know, a third of the gauge or something for my travel and my time, but they don't think it works anymore. I would have just totally been happy to do that and just drink beers in the back and not, not worry about that. That was my, that's how an example of how these misunderstandings can be great for me and how they can be, uh, really, really bad. But thankfully I haven't had a show like that in a long time. Hello, dear artists and falsos. Congratulations to all of you who have listened up to this point. If you did so, I got bad news for you. This is Mo. It is Thursday, pretty early in the morning, around eight. And we gotta end this episode here. Because there were technical issues on my side of the recording when we recorded on Tuesday and we could not fix it within the past two days. That's the reason why we need to stop the episode here. What are you missing? Not that much. Mainly a talk from Jordan about prostitution being legal in Germany. And that's basically it. And we promise you that we will give you our everything next week when we will record our first episode back in person we'll meet in person for the first time since this whole lockdown thing plus to give you at least a little bit of the rest of the episode here is jordan because his track was fine and had no issues here's jordan telling some of the best chuck norris jokes he knows you're welcome Um, so this is a famous one. You probably know this one. Um, Chuck Norris doesn't do push-ups; He pushes the earth down. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I can do better than that. Um, uh, when you spell, when you, when you can spell, uh, Chuck Norris in a game of Scrabble, you win forever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there was one, oh, there was one more that I thought was so funny. Um, uh, uh, oh, <laughs> Chuck Norris can drown a fish. That's <laughs> so stupid. And for those who enjoyed today's episode, please go to wherever you listen to this podcast and give us a good rating, review, or comment. Please share it with your friends or even just talk about it because word of mouth goes a long way for a show like this. So thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll see you next week.
Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Bartscheider, produziert für M94.5.